Afghanistan has been in the news a lot this week, so I caught up with Professor in International Security and Intelligence Studies, Dr John Blaxland from ANU, to understand who the Taliban are and what Australia's moral responsibility is in the area. Professor Blaxland, thanks very much for coming onto the show. Emil, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on the program. So what exactly is um, the Taliban? And I guess, how did we get to this point um, in Afghanistan? Yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting question. The Taliban is a group that emerged after the conundrum back in the Cold War days when the Soviet Union was backing a, um, a government that had overthrown the monarchy from the 1970s. Um, and the, that unraveled when the United States backed a uh, resistance group uh, from which the Taliban emerged that was US sourced, US funded, US supported, based from Pakistan. Throughout the 90s, this is uh, a phenomenon that is kind of looked at askance, largely because people weren't overly concerned about Afghanistan. And it's really only as the connection with international terrorism grows, particularly the links with Al-Qaeda in the late 1990s, that concern about Afghanistan grows. And of course, uh, then we see with the events of 9-11, 20 years ago next month, the aircraft flying into the Twin Towers, the attack on the Pentagon, uh, threats of attacks on the White House, that the United States sees Afghanistan as a source for an existential threat uh, from which uh, the Al-Qaeda is operating. And so they attack. Um, and the government that's set up in Afghanistan instead is a centrally controlled one that doesn't really account for the local variances, the variations and the cultural differences in, across the country. So when the United States decided to leave, um, with little, uh, with fading morale and not en enough uh, American technological support uh, and with a very strong counter-narrative from the Taliban about pushing out the infidels, about it being a nativist Afghan experience that the Taliban were offering, uh, saw a remarkable collapse of the Afghan government and the Afghan National Security Forces, despite trillions of dollars spent there. It's just hard to get your head around. But there we have it, Emil. What, um, what, what, what do you think the sort of everyday life was like for Afghanis during that time? So if you're a male, not so bad, pretty strict, pretty tough, uh, and fairly rudimentary. But if you're a woman, God help you, you know, in the northern central parts of the country, in the eastern parts, there was considerable, you know, joy and um, at, at the overthrow of the Taliban um, because of the oppressive order that they'd imposed in part, uh, but also it was a certain push to cultural superiority that they were pushing back on. Uh, in your piece in the conversation, you spoke about Austra the Australian government's moral responsibility. What does this mean exactly? So we committed uh, forces 
to Afghanistan in 2001 and then went back in 2005 and six and we committed we are engaged with people in Aruzgan, in, in Kandahar, in Kabul, in Bagram and elsewhere. And that invoked a certain mutual obligation uh, by engaging these people uh, and seeking to change their circumstances, seeking to shape their political system, seeking to bolster their military and security apparatus, we were engaging in, uh, you know, one, one as a negative way of putting it is interference. We were engaging in their space. Um, and so I would contend that there is a moral obligation that arises from that, that we need to follow through on. Um, many people looked to us, were employed by us, trusted us, and put their lives at risk for us over a number of years uh, in a number of places. Uh, and with that, comes a certain recipro reciprocal obligation for a country like Australia to actually look out for the people who are affected by our involvement and the involvement of like-mindeds with whom we were aligned. Um, so Scott Morrison said he would organise 3,000 visas um, for Afghanis. I, I think that came today. Is this enough? And, and should we expect more to be done, do you think? Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has offered 20,000. And Canada is one of those countries that I call it our strategic cousins, uh, a country very similar to Australia on a number of levels. And Canada's really taken the high ground here and uh, showing us up a little bit. Uh, so 3,000, yes, it's positive, it's good. Um, uh, and, you know, maybe Justin Trudeau's not going to get his 20,000, but maybe he will over time. I don't know that we'll be able to get out 3,000. Uh, perhaps some of them will come overland. Some of them will, you know, find their way out eventually. All right. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us today, John Blackland. We really appreciate you coming on Panorama. Emil, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. And uh, to your listeners, I wish you all the best. And to those veterans out there, uh, please be, uh, look out for each other. I remember that what we did, what we did there, was because our government thought it was the right thing to do. And there are many people in Afghanistan who appreciate what we've done. And many Afghans since who've left or who are leaving who also value what we did and still value it. And I think we need to bear that in mind. Thanks very much, Emil. Appreciate it, John. Thanks.